Hello again, Timberwolves fans. It is time for another episode of Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 21. To be exact, it is great to have you with me once again today. Today is Saturday, February the 28th, the last day of February in 2009. So, another three years until the next leap year. Woohoo! No, because obviously this year is not leap year. Aren't we happy? All right, well, we have a lot to talk about today, but first and foremost, we are available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes, along with Mediafly. Thanks to that RSS feed by Dylan Richardson, who is the main man over on the sportstuff.com. We thank him very, very much for everything, because without him, there is no Timberwolves explosion. All right, well, on the sportstuff.com, there is a message board. On the upper right-hand corner, click on the button that says TSS Boards. That is how you can become a member and not just watch sports, sports, get involved. That is the slogan on the sportstuff.com. Please do sign up for the message boards as they're continuing to grow. Uh, also, when you do sign up, it does pend approval by Rusty, Cush, or Dylan because we've had a lot of spam on the sportstuff.com lately. It has become a frustrating thing. So do bear with us at that. Just make sure you don't make your name all really weird and wacky like XXWW21 or something. That kind of reeks of spam. So try to make your name something realistic, you know. Just something realistic. Wolves fan 25 or something, you know. So please do sign up. We'd appreciate it. All right, you get the idea. Now, there is so much to get to today. But also, real quick, I'm going to also talk about TimberwolvesPress.com, who also nice enough to post my show on their website as well, TimberwolvesPress.com, Alec, Joe, and Aaron Walker. Welcome aboard as well, Aaron Walker. We're going to talk about his draft board on TimberwolvesPress.com later today. It'll be great. It's great to have you on board, Aaron. You're doing a fantastic job. Great insight, NBA draft. We're going to do some talk about that today because, well, what's the main focus of the Timberwolves right now? They're sure as heck not playing Sheldon Williams much. Bobby Brown looks okay. But, yeah, before I get too far into that, um, First segment, we're going to talk, or second segment, excuse me, we're going to talk about the three games of the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves 2-11 and 11 in February. Yeah, we're going to get touch on that. They lose, of course, all three of those. And then segment number three, the final segment, we're going to do a lot of talking about the draft. We're going to take a question from Spencer. Spencer, who is a fan and a friend of Paladino Live Productions, which is all three of my shows, of course. Uh, yeah, definitely a good guy from Faribault, Minnesota, and we're going to talk about Stefan Marbury and, of course, the draft, thanks to Aaron Walker. So with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break and be back right after this. Here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 21, a reminder for iPod users. That, of course, you just heard Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast, NFL free agency going on, so I'll be covering that in Farzine of Chiefs Endzone Show on the sportstuff.com. Congratulations, they just got Matt Castle. Good grief. So, yeah, definitely worth a check out there. 
So you get the idea. All right. Well, the Timberwolves, as I mentioned, lost all three games. They lost all three games to Toronto, at Toronto, against Utah at home, and against Portland at home. Um, yeah, not necessarily the easiest games in the world. I mean, even though Toronto is not a very good team, they're not easy to beat in the Air Canada Center. Toronto 23 and 36, Wolves 18 and 38. Terrific. Randy Foy once again stepping up, having a very good game uh, as a whole. Nothing spectacular, but as a whole, uh, the Wolves come off to a blazing start, but Toronto responds as the Wolves outscore Toronto by 12 in the first quarter, 37 to 25. That was incredible. Toronto, though, responds winning by eight in the second quarter, winning by six in the third quarter, and six again in the fourth. It was just kind of like a, just the, <laughs> Depending on which side of the stock you're on, if you're shorting it or you're longing it, if you're trying to <laughs> go, try hoping the stock goes up or down, well, yeah, it went one way after a good start. It was a hiccup for the Timberwolves and a progress for Toronto. Disappointing indeed. Now, Ryan Gomes has been playing, as I said, the best, his best basketball possibly in his career, definitely his best as a Timberwolf. Look at this line, 23, 5, and 6. That is awesome. Ryan Gums continuing to play fantastic basketball. This was his fifth consecutive 20-point game. He has been awesome in Al Jefferson's absence. So um, there you go. Now my frustration here, now look at this. Kevin Love got into foul trouble and only played 23 minutes. Six and nine from the floor, yeah, that's good, but only played 23 minutes. Now why do you think he got in foul trouble? Because... <laughs> Because Bargnani and Bosch were kicking the Wolves' ass. That's why. They were kicking their ass inside. Um, 26 apiece for uh, Bargnani and Bosch, which is ridiculous. That is awfully frustrating. Uh, Bosch, I can expect that a little more than Bargnani, the wimpy Bargnani. But uh, there you go. I guess Bargnani finally starting to play up to his potential somewhat. Craig Smith, well, he was okay for a little while, but he turned the ball over four times. He's, he's trying to do too much out there. Two blocks, that's a, that's a nice surprise there, but four turnovers in only 13 minutes. Craig Smith needs to calm down a little bit. He's trying to do too much. He's not a point guard. Come on, man. Stop trying to bring the ball up the court. Um, by the way, forgive my voice. It might sound a little weird because I'm still recovering from a cold that I thought I had beaten, but apparently not. Yeah, anyhow, um, as I digress... Rodney Carney, well, not too bad, though he struggled from three-point range, as the whole Wolves did, only 33%, 8 of 24 overall. Yeah, not good stuff there. But um, the frustration that I was about to get to, yeah, now we make a trade. We trade away a guy we weren't going to play anyway, right, Rashad McCants? And uh, you figure, yeah, getting his negative attitude out of here is a good thing. But you also did make a trade for a guy who can plug the middle a little bit, Sheldon Williams. Who is six foot nine and about two hundred and fifty pounds? I believe he's probably heavier than that at this point in time, but that's what he's listed at on, on Yahoo Sports. Now I know he has been a bit of a bust in the NBA, right? Definitely a bust. He's averaging about three points a game. You know, when you're taking fifth overall, you got to think a guy with his stature, he'd be averaging oh about twenty points and uh, twelve rebounds or something like that, right? And maybe a couple blocks because he is known for defense. But still, on a team like this, where Kevin Love is your center, an undersized Kevin Love who can't guard anybody. Kevin Love can't guard anybody. We are getting whooped on the inside. Now, we thought Al Jefferson was a defensive liability. 
Sometimes, yeah, he was. Last year he really was. With Boston, he really, really was. But uh, he's gotten decent on defense. Kevin Love is a hologram. Why is Sheldon Williams a did-not-play-coach decision in this game? I understand he just got here. I understand that. Yeah, but Stefan Marbury suited up hours after he signed his contract when he hadn't played a game in over a year. Is Sheldon Williams that less of a, you know, basketball IQ? I mean, come on. I got to think Sheldon Williams could could have gotten a few minutes in this game. Now, I know I'm ranting about a guy not playing who isn't even that good at this point in time of his career. He, I, but I do think he can improve for one. Two, you took a flyer on him because why not? You, you gotta, you know, maybe he'll become a solid role player at some point in time. Put him in the game. We have nothing to lose, but our, but any hope of any type of respect, which is just, I just didn't like this decision at all. I'm sorry, I didn't. Bobby Brown got a teeny tiny bit of playing time. Got two points, an assist, and a steal. You know, he this guy, I think, is going to provide a little bit of energy, as you're going to notice in the upcoming games. Brian Cardinal, well, Brian Cardinal was Brian Cardinal. Hit a couple of shots, played some solid defense, and got four fouls in 17 and a half minutes. So that's Brian Cardinal. Tail fair with four steals in this game. That's a nice number for him. Now, another nice number is the Wolves did shoot 50%. As a whole, the only problem is Toronto shot about 54%, and they also shot 40 from three-player range. So Toronto just outplayed us. We scored 110 points, but we gave up 118 to a team that isn't very good. Yeah, I think our defense on the inside is horrible. And a little teeny bit of defensive energy from Sheldon Williams wouldn't have hurt. I'm sorry, it just wouldn't have hurt. Now we go... Come back home to play against the Utah Jazz the next night, February the 25th, Wednesday, February the 25th. This game, well, the Timberwolves played nice again early on, and they maintained their lead for quite a while. They led at the half, folks. They led by four points at the half against the Utah Jazz. Now, we all know knew it wasn't going to last. I mean, that's a guarantee, right? But they were only down by two going into the third quarter. And then the floodgates opened. The levees broke again, 37-22. to One of the worst third quarters I've ever seen. As the Wolves lose this one, 120-103, to and drop to 18-39. and As the Jazz, believe it or not, kind of fighting for a uh, some type of home court. As it's believed that, it, I mean, I believe that the Denver Nuggets are probably going to win this division. Now, Kevin Love had probably his best game of the year. On this particular night. Now this was good because Mehmet Oker is not really known for defense either, in my opinion. I don't, I don't really see much of him as a defensive player. And Carlos Boozer definitely had problems as well against Ryan Gomes and Kevin Love. Ryan Gomes had his sixth straight 20 point game, 24 point, eight rebound performance by Ryan Gomes. Might have shot the ball maybe one too many times, eight of 18, but not bad. Mike Miller, oh yeah. This is the Mike Miller we traded for, nine of 11. From the floor, 9 of 11. And no, this was not an inside job. The other one might have been, but not this one. So <laughs> you get the idea. 21 points. He did get five fouls, Mike Miller, unfortunately, as he struggled against Ronnie Brewer. Understandably, Ronnie Brewer and uh, Miles, who actually played pretty good in this game. Both teams shot fairly well. Foy and Telfer did not, though. Randy Foy was only 4 of 15 from the floor, 1 of 5 from three-point range. Telfair, 4 of 12, not any better. 0 of 5 
from three-point range for him. The bench, virtually non-existent other than Craig Smith getting a couple of free throws and a couple of hoops. Craig Smith made every single shot he took. Two of two from the field, four of four from the line. He was okay in only seven minutes. Other than that, we got two points from Rodney Carney. We got nothing from the bench, and I... I gotta think that, that, that hurt our chances in the fourth quarter and overall in this game because the players got tired. The bench didn't do anything, so the starters got whooped in the fourth quarter. I didn't think I actually read this line by Kevin Love though, who I said I probably had his best game of the year. 24 points, 15 rebounds, 2 assists. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, overall, this was a well played game by your Timberwolves. Until the fourth quarter. <laughs> It's just, it was frustrating, and um, it just it, it didn't look good at all. C.J. Miles, by the way, 15 points for him. Mamet Oker, well, yeah, Kevin Love did good, but so did Oker. 25 for him. Four, four of five of three-point range. Seven of ten from the floor as a whole. Um, I don't think either one of them can really play good defense. For some reason, Darren Williams lately has not played well against the Wolves. He didn't play against the Wolves well last time either. Only four of 12. He had a... Sebastian Telfair kind of line, but unfortunately, <laughs> he beat Telfair in the assist category 13 to 6, and that is a, he was a huge difference in this game as the Utah Jazz play that intelligent brand of basketball. The Wolves have not quite become that, and really aren't even close yet when it comes to those smart, quick passes that teams like the Utah Jazz tend to make. This game, well, once again, no sign of Sheldon Williams. That was frustrating again. You need some defense inside, and you didn't get it. Sheldon Williams, again, rots on the bench. I don't think he's that bad. And You needed some energy off the bench, and you didn't get it. Bobby Brown only plays a measly four minutes and gets an assist and a turnover and two fouls. Mm, that wasn't too, too good either. Well, the game reviews aren't sounding so much fun, are they? You can hear it in my voice right now. Is This one's going to be the worst of the bunch. Game number three, the final game review of the day. Yesterday, the 27th of February, the Timberwolves losing by 20, 102 to 82 in a, just a boring, crappy game for our Wolves. And another home game, by the way. Brandon Roy in the house. A, a guy who could have been a Timberwolf, but wasn't. Just because, and I'll say again, I was for the trade because I like Randy Foy coming out of Villanova because I like the go-get-em clutch players that play good late in the game and can make a playoff run for a team, provided they ever make the playoffs. Yeah, well, Brandon Roy outplayed Foy, even though he didn't even have that exciting of a game because he didn't even have to play in the fourth quarter. Um, 19 points, 5 assists for Roy, 7 of 12 from the floor. Foy with a lousy 5 of 15 from the floor, so he's had a couple of not-so-good games in a row. Now, Jason Collins inserted... Into the starting lineup. And he played it. 14 and a half minutes. Two of six from the floor. Four rebounds, four assists. He did block two shots, but Jason Collins, yuck. Jason Collins is starting again for the Timberwolves. Yuck. That was about when the Wolves played about the worst ba- basketball I've ever seen pretty much earlier in the year. And when Randy Whitman got fired. Now remember how Ryan Gums had six straight 20 point games. Not tonight. He had six points. Not six straight 20-point games. He had six points. Kevin Love, well, his production came crashing down as well. Look at this. One of four from the floor. Two points for Kevin Love in about 29 minutes. That sucks. 
and the guy who might be on on the hottest run of anybody on the Kimberwolves right now, other than Gomes, or was, by the way, Mike Miller sent to the bench. Hmm. 26 minutes, 6 of 7 from the floor. Another stat-filling line, 16.4 assists, 5 rebound game. Um, okay, I don't know if I really understand the logic here. Now, I know Love is not good at center inside defensively, but as Jason Collins... I wouldn't mind putting Sheldon Williams at center. I'm not saying play him 30 minutes, maybe the 14, 15 minutes like you did Collins. Maybe he could actually do something. That would be my opinion. Craig Smith is 16 off the bench. Bobby Brown with 15 off the bench and goal with three assists. Six of eight from the floor. Now, of course, this was when the game was over and it was garbage time, but still, Bobby Brown showing some reason to say, hey, might be worth uh, sticking, you know, keeping him around here long term. I wouldn't mind. Now Sheldon Williams, in his seven and three quarter minute game, or excuse me, yeah, yeah, the seven about eight minute game. He got three, he got three points, three rounds, three bones, and a block. That's fairly productive for the limited playing time. I wouldn't mind him in there longer. Kevin Ollie, no. Kevin Ollie played nine minutes and did nothing. Basically nothing. So, yeah, I, I, I hope Bobby Brown gets some more playing time. Because Kevin Ollie, I, I just, I don't know, I think that time on the bench didn't help him at all. And uh, Timberwolves, just the whole game, you could just tell Portland was going to win this thing as there was just no energy in this building. I mean, when you look at these lines by our starters, you could just tell there was no energy by this team at all. They just knew they were beat before they stepped out on the court. And boy, did it show. Despicable game. And I am through talking about it. So with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into a more a more optimistic, hopefully a little more interesting <laughs> segment right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back. Here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 21. Just like number 21, Kevin Garnett. Remember that? Yeah. Well, we won't be hearing number 21 ever again in the Target Center because it will be retired. All right, do check out Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Hockey podcast on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. All righty. Well, there's a little bit more positivity to talk about. A little bit, at least in some ways. Um... First and foremost, before I get into some more, uh, before I get a question from Spencer in, we're going to talk about the draft. Now, I finally got to see Greg Monroe play a little bit. He's only a freshman, of course, from Georgetown, and he is ranked number two overall on Aaron Walker's official draft board. Blake Griffin, number one. James Harden, number three. Now, of course, this is the sport, our TimberwolvesPress.com. Do check out this website and look at this intriguing Information he's got right on the front page here. There's also there's this and of course the draft. There's a link to the draft right there, and you'll also see Timberwolves explosion looking right 
looking at you right in the face right now. That's episode number 20. Alec will get number 21 up soon, I'm sure. You're hopefully listening to it. Uh, either, well, whichever place you're listening to it, I'm glad to have you on board. Alrighty. Now he's got Blake Griffin 1, Monroe 2, Harden number 3, and I like Harden a lot. Hashim Tabit number 4. Alphoric Aminu, <laughs> number five. I'm having a hard time with that guy's name. I don't know enough about him really to say as much as I'd like. Brandon Jennings, he's playing international. He's going to be an interesting one. He's the best passer in the draft, as according to Aaron Walker. Jeff Teague, a guy I like who's kind of a combo guard from Wake Forest, though obviously the biggest problem with Jeff Teague would be Randy Foy is a very similar player. Now, Greg Monroe is the guy me and Aaron Walker were talking about, and that's who I'm going to focus on the most today, because I got to see him play a little bit against Villanova. That's Randy Foy's old club, of course, in Villanova. To me, well, uh, first we're going to read Aaron Walker's uh, official analysis. Aaron, this is Aaron Walker's expertise, so we're going to give him the uh, the heads up here. Best potential in the draft. He has undeniable athleticism for his size at 6'11", and at times has the passing skills of a point guard. His overall basketball IQ is off the charts and does all the little things to help his team. Additionally, he already has most of the tools necessary to be extremely successful at both ends of the court. Now, that is a good thought there by Aaron Walker. Uh, to me, the one thing I notice about Greg Monroe, he is, he just seems a teeny tiny bit raw yet in, in the early stages because he is only a freshman, as you can see, and he's a fairly thin guy. I mean, he's, has, he has muscle, but at the same time, he's fairly thin. What I did like about Monroe in this game, I mean, he was not afraid to make some contact, and he was good in traffic as he attacked the basket. Put up kind of an Al Jefferson little uh, baby hook, they call it, and he, and he nailed it against a double-triple team. It was a nice play. Uh, he got occasionally got a little bit uh, out-muscled on occasion, but overall wasn't too bad. Of course, rebounding is an issue early on, averaging about 6.7 a game. And, yeah, I didn't see him as this big-time rebounder. But overall, he is a really nice player. He made a nice steal, breakaway, and layup in the game, so he does have a lot of that talent, he's very smart with the ball, he doesn't get himself in tough situations, and he doesn't throw the ball, you know, he, he he's an accurate passer for one, and he throws to the right guy at the right time, so yes, I agree with Aaron Walker about Greg Monroe, I wasn't as high on him about a week ago, right now, well, you know, in a lot of ways, he kind of reminds me of Garnett a little bit at that stage. A little raw, you know, when Garnett was like a, a, a rookie. That's that he'd be the same age at this point in time. Like Garnett would have been a freshman in college at the time he was a rookie with the Wolves, right? Just, just a little bit raw, but obviously, plain as day, there is some serious talent on the way. And, of course, one year in Georgetown, which is one of the most established programs in the history of college basketball, can't hurt this guy at all. And uh, if the Timberwolves are high enough in this draft, then Greg Monroe and Hashim Tabit were there. Kiss the ground because you're going to get a superstar that is going to change your team, I think. you're going to, He's going to change the landscape of your team. And if uh, Timberwolves were to get Greg Monroe, I would personally put him at the small forward and uh, make Corey Brewer earn playing time however it is. If he's the sixth man, if he's the starting shooting guard maybe, or something, make Corey Brewer earn it. But uh, obviously Corey Brewer and Monroe would have to both fight to earn it at the very beginning 
because you just don't know. Maybe Brewer will really emerge and Monroe will be too raw early on. But uh, on this current Timberwolves roster, yeah, Greg Monroe would be small forward, not power forward. Being he is a pretty athletic guy, he's very quick. And, of course, that steal and breakaway, I couldn't see Kevin Love and Al Jefferson do that. So, yeah, Kevin Love, you want him in the starting lineup at the power forward spot. Al Jefferson at center. Yeah, that'd be a nice front line. And, of course, Hashim to beat. Well, that's where Kevin Love would have to earn his minutes because he would probably not start to beat Wood at center. Jefferson would slide over to power forward. So we'll just have to get further and further into that as time moves on. Very good job by Aaron. Thank you very much for your draft analysis. And it does say draft expert is plain as day, and he is. Very, very good job by him. Real quick before I move on, though, trying not to cough, excuse me, just not feeling my best, and I apologize. I want to read his opinion on Jeff Teague. Most consistent scoring threat in the draft, his, has, he has exceptional quickness and the ability to create off the dribble for himself and his teammates. He is currently shooting over 50% from three-point land, as I mentioned. Yeah, three, over 50%, man. And plays above average defense for his lack of size. Curious to see if he transitions to shooting guard, but the move could ultimately elevate his game. So, yeah, that's the one thing. You got an issue with Jeff Teague on what position will he be, which is which was a problem with Randy Foy. So we'll just have to see there. There's just <laughs> Everybody's a tweener now. Everybody wants to be a power forward, but they're a small forward, and they want to be a small forward, but they're a power forward. Or Yeah, it gets crazy. Kevin McHale always likes to say, well, he's a basketball player. He's going to play whatever he's going to play. Yeah, sometimes you'd like to have somebody who's established at a certain position, though. It, it wouldn't hurt, like the point guard position, mm-hmm. which, according to Mr. Walker, Brandon Jennings is that guy, the purest point guard in the draft. So we'll get further into this as time goes on. Do check out the draft section, and, of course, do look at Aaron Walker's draft analysis right on the front of the sports stuff, or of TimberwolvesPress.com, excuse me. Still loopy, still confused. All right. Well, yesterday, Stefan Marbury finally became a member of the Boston Celtics as he was released earlier this week. And he signed with the Boston Celtics, as mentioned, and just hours later got to play in the game against the Indiana Pacers. Not a very good team, but, hey, he got to play, and he wasn't too bad. Turned the ball over three times, but he, he scored eight points down the stretch. Started out kind of bad, but late in the, but in the middle of the fourth quarter, he was a factor down the stretch. Kind of like Sam Cassell was for the Celtics on occasion in the playoffs and in some games last year. So in a lot of ways, Marbury, I think, will be the new Cassell for Boston, and he is a lot younger, about eight years younger than Sam. So we're just going to have to see what happens there. Mikey Moore is the new PJ Brown. So I commend the Celtics on signing Mikey Moore and Stefan Marbury. Not a bad idea, to be honest. Despite the fact I ripped the living crap out of Stefan Marbury on, <laughs> in the New York Knicks section, uh, when, uh, excuse me, when PMAC, talking about it, broke the news or whatever, basically on there. And, uh, NY Buddha kind of came at me a little bit defending Stefan Marbury. And, uh, NY Buddha, if you're listening, hey, I, I understand that, you know, Marbury's your guy. And, um, despite the fact I complained about Stefan Marbury as much as I did on there, I do wish him the best, 
on the Boston Celtics. I do like the Celtics, and uh, it would be really cool to see Garnett and Marbury win a title together. Just be, you know, being a Timberwolves fan, it would be kind of cool to see that happen. I, I have to admit, just like seeing Garnett win last year, despite the fact I kind of, <laughs> I attacked Garnett quite a bit on message boards late in his tenure here for so many reasons that we'll get into possibly on a later date on this show. Um, and I, and other mention, other things I've mentioned in the past, his inability to take over in the fourth quarter used to drive me nuts, yet he'd still want $125 million. So, yeah, and Marbury, there's so many reasons Timberwolves fans would dislike him because of how he just took off and basically ditched the Timberwolves because he didn't want to play in the shadow of Kevin Garnett. So... All bitterness aside, I wish Marbury uh, uh, all the best of luck over there in Boston because I think it would be cool to see the Celtics go back-to-back. And basically I'm rooting for them, and I do think they will go back-to-back, believe it or not. It would be pretty nuts to see Marbury with a ring, despite all the BS that <laughs> has followed him throughout his career, that he's created and that he hasn't created, but it's just followed him. Kind of both, a lot of both, in my opinion. All right, second last thing to cover really quick. Spencer from Fairbolt, Minnesota, asked the question. Now, of course, he is a friend of this show and a friend of me on the sportsstuff.com, and he's a friend of basically all of my shows, being he's a, fair, uh, he is a fellow Minnesotan. Now, what do you think, he asks, Bobby Brown's role will be next year if he returns? Simple question, but, hey, but it's a very good question. Now, if Bobby Brown, excuse me, I am so loopy today. If Bobby Brown returns, I think he will be an energy guy off the bench. I like Bobby Brown. He's got potential to do a lot of different things. He's a nice passer. He's a nice scorer. He's a good defender. I mean, he's not a superstar, but he has a chance to be a pretty valuable uh, role player for this team. And I can see him being in that nine-man rotation without a doubt. He will get playing time regardless of what they decide to do with Telfair, Foy, and um, if we draft Jeff Teak or something. So Bobby Brown, if he returns, will play, in my opinion, Spencer. I hope that answers your question. Bobby Brown also now, before I forget, is the host of a brand-new Minnesota Twins show called The Seventh Inning Stretch. That is on the sportsfanpodcasters.com. Do give him a look-see, Twins fans out there. Spencer is a young up-and-comer. He is going to be a nice podcaster. Do check it out. It is the very first episode of the seventh inning stretch. So do check it out. Thank you again, Spencer, for your support of this show and uh, for that question. Thank you very much. All right, the final thing to get to today. I asked a question about the Sheldon Williams and Bobby Brown acquisition. How much impact will Sheldon Williams and Bobby Brown have? Well, the four questions were, the four answers were, enough to re-sign Williams, Brown is already under contract, enough to consider re-signing Williams, three, likely none, <laughs> I mean, I mean, little to none, likely we'll just have Brown back, or four, Williams will be begging for a job, and we'll wish Brown was gone too. Well, 50-50 went with the positive and the negative side of things. I saw, uh, I was a part of the positive side, enough to re-sign Williams was 50 and Williams will be begging for a job, and Willis Brown has gone too, was the other 50. So that will do it right there. We're going to call it a show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, again, thank you again, TimberwolvesPress.com. Thank you always, TheSportsStuff.com, for being a part of everything and for hosting my show. I appreciate it very much. Dylan, 
And I want all of you out there to please tell a friend about Timberwolves Explosion. As I know there's a lot more Wolves fans out there do that don't know about the show. Do let them know about it. Spread the word. Sign up for Paladino Live Productions, the group on Facebook. Paladino Live Productions. Please sign up to that. There's also Timberwolves Explosion, MySpace. Simply look that up. You will find it. Uh, MySpace.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Do sign up. Do add me as a friend at MySpace. And any questions, put them on the uh, message boards on the sportsstuff.com and the Timberwolves, sec- Timberwolves Explosion section in the podcasters forum. Do check it out on there. One final thing, my email address, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Send any questions or uh, any type of suggestions you might have there. So please do get in touch with me. I would like to interact with more of you out there. Thanks again to sportsstuff.com, timberwolvespress.com, and Spencer, we will talk to you next week. Take care.